Hello and welcome to Celtic A to Z podcast and we are back for episode B following on from, from last week and our episode A. I'm Jerry. Uh, I'm here again. You may remember last week I was trying to pitch Didier Gatt against the icons of Roy Aiken and Bertie Auld. Didn't particularly go so well for me in that one. Um, who Barry, you had you had Aiken last week, yeah? I was, I was nominating Aiken last week and again, wasn't selected. I've not been successful at all so far in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of the aforementioned Bertie Old, which Mark, that was, that was your honour. Yeah, I, I, I think I had quite an easy pitch last week. You did. You said, yeah, I mean, it's a Bertie Old is, is, I guess, you know, he's a lesbian line. Uh, what more can you, what more do you need to say about him? Um, and that in turn has led us to a, a, a kind of rule change, if you like. And that Lisbon Lions, and indeed anyone from the Celtic uh, greatest XI that came out uh, a few years ago, and any genuine great Celtic men were going to pre-qualify, um, which probably allows Roy Aiken in, I guess, by default. Um, if we're saying <laughs> Bertie Hild is, is pre-qualified. Um, and that, that part of the reason for doing that is, you know, obviously guys like Bertie Hild, Jimmy Johnson, Henry Larson... Obviously, there's not going to be any debate. You know, when we come to those those letters, those those guys are going in. Let's be honest. So, um, let's let's think of another way to do it. And I think this week, I think we all we all discuss midweek. Tommy Burns probably comes into that category. Absolutely, comes into that category. Yeah, I mean, he's just a, a genuine Celtic legend. Everything about the man, you know, just oozes Celtic FC. So. No objections if we're putting Tommy Burns in as a as a kind of honorary pick uh, without any debate. I think it has to go in straight away. Um, and it, it frees up time to speak about maybe less obvious candidates as well. But Tommy Burns is a you know, pillar of the club, the fan who got lucky. There's yeah. no, no argument. Yeah, exactly. Anything else to add, Mark? No, absolutely. Just, the Barry sentiments are spot on. You know, really, if you're to think of a player that epitomises a club, it's Tommy Burns, you know, he's really sadly a mystery club. Just, but yeah, I mean, Tommy Burns absolutely yeah. should be going to Celtic to his head. Great stuff. Okay, so that's um, I guess the bit of housekeeping out of the way. Tommy Burns is in, and say so we've changed the rules slightly. So um, now we'll go back on with it. We're going to go around the table, and we'll each have our pitch for the letter B. Um, and we'll see. You know, we'll take a vote at the end, see where we get to, and then. Uh, the second part of the podcast, we'll have a, you know, we'll look at the irreverent picks, if you like, the, the wild card A to Z, uh, the non-players. So we'll see how that goes when we get there. Um, but who, who's kicking us off this week? Is it, we come to yourself, Mark? It is, yes. Cool. Uh, so thanks very much, Jerry and Barry. So my pick tonight is a current player. It's uh, Scott Brown. Okay. And th- the reason I'm putting Scott Brown in is that he's, He's absolutely loved by the fans, but he's a much maligned player, very unfairly in Scottish football. He's got this reputation as being some sort of thug, when he's absolutely not. He's just someone who's very passionate about the club. And, and he reminds me a wee bit actually of modern-day Neil Lennon. You know, <clears throat> he puts a lot into the game. You know, he, he gives his heart and soul for the club every, t- every time he steps onto the pitch. And other teams don't like that, so they kind of have this myth about him being some sort of, you know, thug. You know, he's, he's this or that. So just on that basis, you know, I absolutely love Scott Brown because... He's so passionate about the club. He's the kind of and, guy, he, you love him in your team, but you would hate to play against him. Oh, definitely. And that's why I love the fact that he's, he's in our team. He's ours, yeah. 
he, he reminds me about the kind of the Jock Steen quote about you know how Celtic wasn't his first love, but it will be his last love. I mean, Brown is one of these guys that's come in as a young player, and and I think it took him a couple of years to settle into the team. No, absolutely. You know, I, I was watching yeah. uh, on BT Sport when they were doing the, the classic European games, and he was in playing against DC Milan in 2007. I mean, he's just a, a kid, and I felt after that it took him a couple of years to settle. You know, he, he didn't know really if a a huge role to play in the striking teams, and then obviously the you know I think anyone would struggle under Tony Mowbray. Yeah. But it was really I mean, those, those first three bad. years that Scott Brown had at Celtic. I mean, really, there wouldn't be many players who would have got three full seasons basically to settle in before he actually found his feet. And when he first signed, he was in the team, but I mean, he wasn't in for very long before he was dropped. And you know, Paul Hartley and Barry Robson was taking his place. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it was the most expensive Scottish football player at the time, 4.4 million when he signed it. Between two Scottish clubs, yeah. 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 So, a lot of expectations. I mean, when you saw him for Hibs, you just knew he was going to be a good player, but I I took him out of Seattle. But there's definitely a correlation between Lennon coming in and Scott Brown really kind of hitting the ground. You know, he was already club captain by 2010 before Lennon came in, but whenever I think back to the Lennon period, I will think of, you know, Scott Brown. Yeah. In the heart of that midfield, um, and it goes without saying, you know, you could put Brown in just just for the Bruni alone. <laughs> one of the finest moments. That's, that's a great history. moment, isn't it? <laughs> one of the most despicable players in world football. <laughs> uh, honestly, <Yep. laughs> fantastic. Um, and, and Brown as well. You know, so much you can say about you know he loves the club. He's a great captain. Fights for the team. You know, when we're struggling, he's there. You know, picking all the guys up. He also chips in with some really important goals as well. I mean, you think last season at Rugby Park, you know, not not the best strike we've ever seen in a game of football, mm-hmm. but you know, he yeah, that's right. Gets, yeah, goal, minute, gets yeah. a goal that wins the league, and even yeah. this season as well. You know, where, Hamilton Ackes wasn't it earlier this season? Yeah, yeah. I mean that that yeah. game was unbelievable. You're sitting, I mean, you're mm-hmm. sitting there listening to the results, going, thinking, surely not. You know, <laughs> look at other results coming in. You think, oh, we're going to put, and then you know, the, yeah. the captain, you know, does his job and, and gets the one in goals. I don't think they finish as well. So that was a fantastic moment. It was absolutely yeah. ballistic in the stadium. <laughs> yeah, absolutely was, wasn't it? Um, yeah, listen, I mean, Scott Brown, he's, he's going to get down as a Celtic legend, of course he is, uh, just by his uh, his medal collection alone. Uh, but his longevity there, the amount of time he's been captain, yeah, it's a great pick, of course it is. Yeah, yeah and I, I think it's, you know, as a sort of player that you kind of miss when he's not there. You're so used to him being in the team. Yeah, that's, that's Whenever true. he retires, I think we'll, we'll really miss him because he's a good footballer, but it's also what he brings to the team as well. You, you always hope when we're playing bad, there's going to be one player on the team getting everyone going again, and it's, it's Scott Brown. You know, he is the, the beating heart of the midfield and the team. So He sets yeah, the tempo, doesn't he? He sets that kind of, that, the whole drive and everything yeah. about Celtic, you know, comes from him. He's the guy who helps maintain the high standards. I mean, you see it every time, you know, he's the first guy on the pitch. He's making sure everyone's following him. Any training drills we do, he's always the guy running the running the fastest. You know, he's, he's yeah. keeping levels high and making sure that younger players can see that's what you need to do and you need to apply yourself every day. I think Scott Brown's brilliant for that. Yeah, it's no coincidence that Kieran Tierney was the guy who looked up to Scott Brown. You know, you could see he was the one he looked up to in training and wanted to follow his example. Yeah. And I was, when I was thinking about doing Brown over, over the course of this week, I was thinking back, unfortunately, to 29th of December, where Brown's coming off the pitch and all this nonsense commentary about, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. There wasn't a sense of defeat from Brown. Brown's thinking in his head, this isn't going to happen again. 
Mm. And it's, you know, the fact that we could, he comes off the pitch, no doubt, he's got the team geared up. So when we come back after January, you know, we go on a run, you know, 13 points clear. So yeah. I think people, yeah. are, you know, <clears throat> underestimate Brown at his peril. You know, when every season we're told, oh, he's, he's finished, his legs have gone. And he's like another great season. So the hope is once he retires, whenever that might be, you know, he's going to get in the backroom team because I know Lennon rates him really highly. So I like to see it, yeah. It's a natural yeah. progression, surely. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And you want, even if they're not playing, you want winners in and around the team all the time, you know. It's, it's, you need that at big clubs, I think. Yeah. And you're right, even just, you're right, his whole influence and everything in, in the dressing room and stuff, you're right. You, you, you want to, to keep that there as long as he's. Happy to be there and happy to be part of that setup. Yeah, I'd absolutely happy. Of course you would. Yeah, I remember um, the the, the last, his last game for Hibs. He scored an it, it was against us at Easter Road, um, and he scored an absolute belter. <laughs> like obviously for Hibs against us and the whole Celtic end but behind the goals at Easter Road for all thing, and that's why we are signing him. <laughs> <That's great. laughs> um, but yeah, he's. Uh, just some great moments, right? The Bruni alone, you know, could easily been, I guess, gone in the wild card section. But it's just a, it's just such a beautiful capture, isn't it? Just yeah, <laughs> love it. I, I, I absolutely peach of a goal, you know. At Ivers, I, yeah. you know, that in yeah. itself is always worth something. And then you know, playing the ten men that game, yeah. And I, I remember the fact because you know Brown just like turned straight for Juf, and I remember Gary Hooper flying over. <laughs> he's trying to pull him away, and it's like I don't think you know hundred guys would have pulled through away at that point. You know, he was. Uh, but I think he's just doing every single fan wanted to do as well. So yeah. for, for, for that alone, I'd put forward Scott Brown. Okay, so I kept winning captain. No, uh, yeah, I mean, of course, it's a great pick. I think um, you know, for going on honours alone, there's not many. Better and there's not many like trump him in the history of Celtic in terms of yeah, was it 20? Is it mm. then? Yeah, I mean, there have been a couple of low points in his career. I mean, I always think back to that sending off he had against Barcelona, which was just yeah. you know really childish, you know. Um, and it wasn't even that young at the time. I've always I was really angry about that at the time. I thought it was you know a really petulant act that shouldn't have happened and really crossed his team, but. I mean, that's going back, what, six years ago yeah. now? Um, so it's, he it seemed, I mean, it's not, there's not been any repeats, so he's obviously learned from that, you know? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, in, yeah. in his defence, it was Neymar he was up against, so I think <laughs> even the most, <laughs> I think Gandhi <laughs> would have had reason to turn on <laughs> Neymar, he's actually a person, isn't he? Yeah, but he brings you the Boston folk, doesn't he? <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but, but listen, the, the good far outweigh the bad. I think for, for Bruni. No, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. Thanks for that, Mark. It's a great shout. Um, Thanks. Thanks, guys. Okay, so I think uh, I'm I'm next up, Barry. Yeah, and that's correct. Yeah, so I've got I've went for uh, I've went for Patrick Joseph Bonner, Packy Bonner. Uh, you said something last week, Barry, about Roy Aiken that when you're young and getting into Celtic, you learn Billy McNeil as a manager. And Roy Aiken's a captain, and I think yep. that the other thing I learned was that Packy Bonner's a goalie, you know, and yeah. you kind of grow up with him being the Celtic goalie. Uh, let me, I guess, start with the the start and coming to Celtic. He was Jock Steen's last signing uh, for the club, you know, which is uh, just it's a great piece of history. It's, it's it's one of these things, and Bonner's career seems to be 
there's a lot of wee things like this in it. You think eh, it's actually really interesting. But Chalkstein's last signing, uh, you know, it's, it's obviously a kind of great, great start, young boy for the County Donegal. Uh, made his debut on St Patrick's Day, 1979, which again St Paddy's Day. Thank you, Warner, Made his debut. We beat Motherwell two yeah. <laughs> one. You know, uh, it's, it's, I guess it's just one of these things, kind of like meant to be almost. You wonder. Um, it did have a couple of injuries over the next kind of decade, but literally from you know late seventies until early nineties, he was Celtic goalie. You know, and it spans that that huge length of time. Um, won back to back titles, 81-82, won the centenary double, of course, in, in eighty eight, uh, and then his last game for Celtic was ninety five against Airdrie in the Scottish Cup final, uh, which obviously we won big PL's goal. Uh, which is really, I mean, I was, what, 13, 95? Uh, and I guess, I mean, I, I, say I remember the, the 89 Cup final, but 1995 is the first proper time I, I really remember Celtic winning an actual trophy. Um, and obviously part of that team, that was his last game. He's, uh, he's fifth on the all-time appearance list for Celtic. Fifth, you know what I mean? And you mentioned Aiken last week, one of four guys ahead of him. So we've got McNeil, McStay, Aiken, and McGrain, and then Bonner. Uh, 642 games for Celtic. So that's a pretty good innings, you know, over, over all that time. <laughs> yeah. His medical collections not brilliant, given that he was there for so long, but it's, I guess, a mark of where Celtic were at various points in, in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, I mean, the first half of his career is, I mean, is pretty decent, but the second half is, is fairly barren. Yeah, he was there throughout Rangers nine in a row. Um, so, yeah, it doesn't look, well, the majority of it anyway. So, you're right, second half doesn't look brilliant. But four league titles, four Scottish Cups, two League Cups, you know, not bad. Ten trophies, but uh, I guess you probably want more than that if you're there for, you know, 15, 16 years. <laughs> um, yeah. He actually had, so, I, this is funny, in my memory, I thought he had two testimonials for Celtic. <laughs> but, but okay. <laughs> he actually had two. He had two. He had a testimonial for Celtic, and he had a testimonial for Ireland, and they were both Celtic v Ireland at Celtic Park. Uh, one in '91 for Celtic, and then one in '97 for Ireland. I might go those wrong way around. Um, but yeah, so he did have two testimonials, which were both Celtic Ireland at Celtic Park. Uh, Celtic they quite keep the money for both then. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, it's kind of unusual. Celtic won them both three-two as well, you know. So <laughs> I don't know if there was, uh, you know, betting patterns going on there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's uh, let's cut that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, you know, that's uh, Packy Bonner. See, I, I I grew up with him being Celtic's goalie. Uh, I also grew up with him being Ireland's goalie. Um, so uh, I would say my. My dad's side of the family all, all come from Ireland, and my uh, vividly remember the 1990 World Cup being round at my grand's house. She had the TV covered in Ireland rosettes and stuff like this, <laughs> um, and she she had her rosary beads, you know, on <laughs> basically on the telly as well. I remember sitting with them during the Romania game and the shootout. Um, I want to talk a wee bit actually about the about his international career as well. Um, so, you know, I've mentioned, obviously, two testimonials. He had a testimonial for the Republic of Ireland. He had 80 caps for Ireland in that time. Uh, yeah. Believe it or not, he's, a, he's actually the most capped 
player whilst at Celtic. So eight is actually the record for any player in the history of Celtic. Right, okay. So kind of yeah, so kind of weird one you maybe don't think of, but I mean that's it. Sort of no, I mean I know McStay. He's got like seventy caps for Scotland. I think, yeah, isn't he? uh, he's in there. Tom Boyd's in there as well. You know, kind of sixty, seventy. Uh, Dalglish obviously got a lot at Celtic, but you know, Aye. half and half. Liverpool. Yeah. Um, so it lasts and obviously a lot for Sweden. Uh, but yeah, no, Bonner, Bonner tops that particular list, 80 caps, 80 international caps whilst at Celtic. Um, so I'm going to get, so the 1990 World Cup, I remember vividly. I, I, I don't really remember much about 88, which I know was obviously his first inter- tournament with Ireland. But 1990 World Cup, what need, I mean, I don't know how much you'll remember about it or maybe have watched or that, but Ireland obviously got to the quarterfinals. They only actually scored two goals in, in the whole competition. Um, and believe it or not, Packy Bonner set up both of them. <laughs> yeah, the, the two goals Ireland scored in that competition uh, basically came for a big punch up the park for Packy Bonner. And nobody could punt a ball like Bonner. No Ireland player touched it between Bonner and the goal scorer. And both the goals they scored at that World Cup. Which I think is pretty cool. Um, he also, uh, I mean, listen, the, the quarterfinal, sorry, the, 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 the last 16 game against Romania, um, they drew 0-0, went to penalties, obviously made the save, Daniel Timofti, penalty, Bonner saved it, you know, and, and obviously Ireland going to win the shootout. Um, to get to the quarterfinal against Italy, obviously the host nation, and then they're yeah. invited to an audience with the Pope, the Ireland team. And uh, supposedly uh, Pope John Paul II, when he came to Bonner, you know, and shook his hand, he actually said to him, oh, you're the goalkeeper. <laughs> and she thinks, it's pretty cool, must have put a smile on the man's face. Aye, aye. He knew he was. <laughs> yeah, it's like, aye, yeah. Because obviously Pope John Paul, I believe he was a, a footballer. Yeah, he was a goalkeeper, aye. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to, uh, the, the last thing I wanted to say about Bonner, uh, and this is a, this is a weird one. And I didn't know this, I'll admit, until this week when I was kind of looking into it. But he is one of uh, four Celtic players to have been voted for in the Ballon d'Or, as in part of the nominations. Um, it's 1967, Jimmy Johnson finished third, right? And Tommy Gemmell finished sixth. Johnson and Gemmell were both in the voting again in 68, and Johnson was in 69. So John, Jimmy Johnson, three years in a row in the Ballon d'Or, nominations in the shortlist. Henry Larson in 2001 finished 14, uh, but Packy Bonner, amazingly, in 1989 finished 17th. I, I, I noticed that myself today. <laughs> it's a weird one, isn't it? Two votes, wasn't it? Yeah, two votes, but you know, two, <laughs> two, <laughs> two votes is two votes. Ball, yeah. Marco Van Basten won it that year, it's a fair, fair yeah. pick, I suppose, but <laughs> yeah, uh, so, you know, a Ballon d'Or nominee, Packy Bonner. Yeah. Did you notice on that last further down about Theo Snelders? I wasn't going to mention that, Barry, but yeah, I did notice. Yeah, Theo Snelders, big Theo for Aberdeen, right? But yeah, it's just, I guess, a a weird wee bit of history there as well. Um, Yeah, so that's that's, that's my shout, is uh, Packy Bonner, simply for his longevity, for being there when I was growing up as a Celtic fan and for his international career with Ireland. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he is a Celtic legend. The only thing I would say, to play devil's advocate a little bit, um, is, was he that good a player, though? I mean, 
really. I mean, there's a lot, I'm sure a lot of guys older than me will tell you he made a lot of howlers. And there's a lot of footage online of him, you know, rushing out for balls he's never going to get. You know, there's one old firm game from the early 80s where he actually punches the ball in his own net. I mean, it's quite remarkable. I must admit, look, look at, looking through some, some, some footage of him over the last week or so, you, there's, uh, there's, there's good and bad in there, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> but, you know, he was, he was for Donny Gall, you know, and he's a yeah. big, big Irish boy, you know. I, I don't know, I think he's a... Uh, there's, there's something to be said for, I guess, Fraser Foster, some of the keepers that have came since, but... For me, Packy Bonner's Celtic goalie. That he's, and I know obviously before that, it, people have said you know Ronnie Simpson, of course, um, kind of predates my watching Celtic. But you know, Ronnie Simpson again, husband line. But yeah, no, Packy Bonner, I think is a kind of yardstick for Celtic goalies for for me anyway. Um, and you're right, some of them probably are better goalies than him that we've had since. But he's he's not a bad yardstick. Yeah, he he done well. He done well. <laughs> I can tell you're less than enthused. But <laughs> no, no. I, mean, I, think, I do like Packy. I mean, I've got a, I mean, he's a, a great guy. I mean, I've, I've got a wee personal story that I could contribute in the sense that my fiance's uncle died a few years ago, and my fiance's from Donegal, mm-hmm. and our uncle was heavily involved in the, the sort of sporting community in Donegal, whether it was Gaelic football or soccer or um, athletics, and. When her uncle died, he kind of he knew Packy a little bit. They must have met a couple of times over the years, and Packy Bonner made a point of coming to um, his wife's house and you know passing all his condolences and you know just expressing you know he knew he was a good guy, you know. So yeah. just you know, even though he probably only met the guy a couple of times, he was from that community and he made an effort to go and visit the house. I thought a dead nice thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Barry, did you pull him up about some of his goalkeeping errors when he was at the I actually met him at that time. I missed, <laughs> I, I missed the opportunity. Yeah, yeah I know. I should have done. Okay, doke. So, yeah, so that, that, that's my packy anyway. It's maybe a bit of nostalgia in there, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with packy. What do you got for us, Barry? Well, I'm going to continue the goalkeeping theme, and I'm nominating the holy goalie, Mr. Arthur Boric himself. Okay. Is, he... 2005. Sorry? <laughs> is, is this just a kind of antidote to, to, to Packy Bonner here? Saying... <laughs> <laughs> they literally couldn't be more different. <laughs> so, yeah, signed in 2005, played for the club for five years, 221 appearances, three championships, one Scottish Cup, two League Cups. And I actually didn't realise this until today, but when we initially signed after Boric, he actually only came on loan at first. It was a season-long loan, but he played so well that the Celtic um, board basically took the option up to sign him on a full-time basis. So it could have went you know, a different way had that initial part um, not yeah. been so successful. But I suppose the main reason that I'm nominating Arthur Boric is, A, he was a quality, quality goalkeeper. It was 65 caps for Poland. Played all the games at 2006 World Cup, was selected for the 2008 Euros, played the games there as well. He was actually in the Euro squad for Poland in 2016, albeit he didn't actually play, and he's still playing just now. The first three years that he was at Celtic, won a league and the League Cup double, second season a league and a Scottish Cup double, and he made the last 16 of the Champions League. 
in his third season. We won the league and made the last 16 of the Champions League. And for those three years in particular, I mean, it was, it was virtually flawless. Didn't make any mistakes that I can really remember during that whole period. And there's so many great memories of, you know, particularly the penalty save against Manchester United. People don't tend to talk about that so much, but no, after Nakamura's yeah. free kick, I mean, we're not yeah. winning that game if he doesn't save that penalty. No, Celtic have right. created a chance that whole game, but we scored a magical goal, you know, from a set piece. Louis Saha, and, was, you know, it? was it? Saha? Yeah, yeah. Saha, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, going on from that, you know, his two penalty saves against Sparta at Moscow in that shootout, which was yeah, just an absolute yeah. you know, brilliant memory. Um, and going ballistic behind the goals, you know, he's waving his hands, that's a big joke. <laughs> and then everyone just piles on top of him. He was a fantastic goalkeeper. And when he first came in, I remember when Stratton signed him, we played that first league game of the season over at Motherwell. It was 4 each, and he didn't play that day, I believe. It was David Marshall was still in goal at that time. Because although Arthur had signed, we didn't. Well, Strachan was trying to give O'Neill's players a bit of a chance, I think. So you still had Bobo Balde and Stan Varga playing at the back. Um, but also we conceded four goals. And they've been dropped. David Marshall, effectively, I don't think ever played for Celtic again after that. Um, and then after Boris has come in and she's made the keeper, you know, his, that was his position, you know, and nobody was going to touch him after mm-hmm. that point. So, I mean, first and foremost, you know, just an absolute quality goalkeeper. I think, along with Fraser Foster, probably the best goalkeeper I've seen at Celtic, different, con- different attributes for both of them, but, um, you know, a fantastic shop stopper, decent with the ball at his feet, commanding, coming for crosses, I mean, mm-hmm. what more do you want from, from your a, goalkeeper? It's a tough one, isn't it, between Bor- yeah. Boric and Forster? Yeah. Um, He's probably better. I mean, Forster's a great goalkeeper, but he, he, he can't really play with the ball at his feet at all, really, Forster, you know? Um, so, I mean, arguably you might want Boric in ahead of him on that basis. Mm-hmm. Boric at his peak, possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at, at his best, yeah. I would probably pick Boric. Um, I remember as well... Um, I mean, obviously, he was a big uh, Legia Warsaw fan. Yeah. Uh, some, some great footage. Wiley Selig's goalie, like, back home in Poland, stripped to the waist, climbing up in the fence, <laughs> going mental. I love that about the fact that he's so passionate about football and about his team, you know? I, mean, I love to see Celtic fans are that passionate about our team, but, you know, yeah. it's great when you see one of your players just having that enthusiasm for something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, yeah, Boric is... Yeah, he's a great keeper. He was realistically, he's, yeah, I, you could argue he's been the best keeper since we've been watching Celtic. As part of a very successful team as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Also, second reason for nominating him, as I think he probably does have one of my top five favourite Celtic songs. <laughs> Holy <laughs> God. Um, I mean, it's up there, you know, in terms of you know, the crowd ones that have been, you know, well, made by somebody actually in the crowd themselves, you know. Yeah. Um, it just says exactly who he is and what he likes. I won't go into the specific details of it, but it's, it's no, I think we're all familiar with it, man. <laughs> he hates somebody, doesn't he? He's, uh... <laughs> <Can't remember. laughs> but do you know what? I've just. <laughs> yeah, I've made a note there uh, in, in a future podcast to do our, our top five Celtic songs. That's a good one, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, Jerry. <laughs> so we might do that at some point. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, great song. Fair, fair. And then other highlights as well. 
slightly non-football related. The time that he jumped into the stand to grab the champions flag at Ibrox after we've just been beaten and then walked along <laughs> the park at Ibrox waving, we are the champions, it doesn't matter if we lost today, so get it up you basically. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice. a good moment. <laughs> yeah, um, and then also um, in the 2008 Old Firm game after we've just beaten them um, and he pulls off his top and he's got the God Bless the Pope t-shirt underneath. That's right, yeah. <laughs> just to wind up the runs <laughs> even more. <laughs> yeah. And isn't that funny how we've linked it back to, to Pope John Paul II there? <laughs> <laughs> it's just about, it's just about goalkeepers with that kind of holy. Heard Pope John Paul II was particularly good at crosses in his football career. Aye. <laughs> did, 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 yeah, sorry, Mark. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry I, I, was, I couldn't really hear what you said. Don't worry, Barry. <laughs> it's a very obvious joke. <laughs> I think he's well with Boric, Barry, when he scored an absolute cracking penalty as well. Oh, yes, the semi final. That's right. Yeah. Well. <laughs> that was, I would mean, that. the corner. Aye, it was the most ridiculous shit. It was no about what, 11 10 or something that finished. <laughs> Good old Willow Flood missed the penalty. Then signed for us. I signed the next day, didn't I? Yeah. I think he signed full time. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, okay, so Arthur Boric, yep. Yeah, listen, yeah. okay, great great goalie. I'll give you that. Um, Packy I mean, Bonner. Day, I mean, we're talking about Packy <laughs> Bonner there. I mean, if you're picking, you know, who's a better goalkeeper out of Packy Bonner and Arthur Boric, it's got to be Boric, surely, on football ability. Yeah, okay. Um, I... I'll probably concede that, yeah. But would Arthur Boric have given Celtic like 17 years of his career? Oh, yeah, no. So there's more to it than that, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, just to come on to that, I mean, the way Boric left the club, I mean, there was no great sort of um, disappointment when they left. I think people felt that his time was up when they, when they left to go to Florentine in the end. He'd made a couple of howlers in his last season, particularly. Didn't seem particularly enamoured with Mowbray. It was probably a little bit out of shape, if truth be told. But I mean, my memories of Boric are really from those first three years where he was just, you know, untouchable. Yeah. Fair play. Okay. So that's what we've got then. We've got Arthur Boric, uh, we've got Paggy Bonner and Scott Brown. Uh, Mark, we'll come to you first for the voting. This is a this is a test for you, Mark. <laughs> oh, it's a difficult shout because, on one hand, you've made a good claim, Jerry, for Paggy Bonner being a legend because he was here for so long, you know, being a mainstay, you know, for for much of our, our childhood and and our teenage years. Arthur Boric, Barry said, you know, he was a great goalkeeper, you know, real new character as well. You know, anyone who winds them up so much, you know, is is there a lot? Of, a lot <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, based purely on the fact that someone I actually saw play in the flesh, I'm going to go for Arthur Boric. Oh, Good call. You surprised Sorry, me. sorry, Jerry. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, so you mentioned something there, Mark, somebody who winds them up a lot. I guess I've got a pick of two players who wind them up a lot. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Brown, so <laughs> um, I can't really use that as a distinguishing <laughs> feature. Uh, I, I, I like uh, obviously you know Packy. Uh, sorry, Arthur Boric was a was a great goalie while he was there. But the, uh, for me, I don't think there's a 
a competition there. I think it's got to be the captain. I think it's got to be Bruni for me. Simply for, again, the services given to Celtic and his, his medal collection whilst at Celtic. Uh, just what he's won for the club over those years. Absolutely. So, okay, we've got Boric and Brown with a vote each and you've got to cast your vote, Barry. Who's it going to yeah, be? Yeah, I do. Um, I mean, I feel that I should actually vote for Arthur Boric because, you know, Arthur <laughs> Boric doesn't care about your rules. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he would vote for himself. <laughs> so, I feel in good conscience I really should vote for Arthur Boric even though I'm not allowed to. But, mm. um, between... Packy and Scott Brown, yeah, it's, it's quite a tough one because, like you say, Packy is, you know, he's the goalkeeper, he's the guy you grew up with, and he was there for such a long time, and you know, he had those great moments in the World Cup. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to have to opt for Scott, for Scott Brown. He's, you know, his, he's been there what 13 years now, so he's got the longevity aspect. Yeah. He's been a brilliant captain. He's won so many medals. He winds Rangers fans up. You know, to no end. It's just, and he just keeps. You know, he's had periods when he's drifted away. You know, and it's not gone well from, and he's just come back. You know, you think back to the end of the run of Dial years, but he looked finished. Yeah, that's you know? right. Yeah. And and Rogers came in. You know, and he just revitalised himself and just went again. It was probably better than ever in the Invincible season. So yeah, I love Paddy Bonner. I think he's a great guy, but a few too many howlers in there. So as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> so it's going to have to be. It's going to have to be Scott Brown. Okay, so Mark, I think you win again. <laughs> getting good at this. <laughs> uh, and Scott I Brown. Defense, I'm, getting quite, I'm getting quite good players to put forward. Getting a good defense, isn't it? We need to do something about that, Barry. <laughs> okay, sorry, a little bit of a, of a glitch there, but um, I think we're, we're back on board now. And it is uh, Scott Brown who goes into our A to Z alongside the honorary B, who is Tommy Burns, of course. So, so well done, Mark, uh, and we move on to our wildcard picks this week. So this is the, the, the alternative A to Z that we're compiling. Uh, could, could be a player, could be a place, it could be a thing, could be a song, could be anything at all. Um, we'll go reverse order, or we'll, we'll start with, with Barry anyway, since he just finished his off with, with Arthur Boric there. Barry, what have you got as your wildcard for B? Okay, well, my wildcard is a place. And the place is Ballymote in County Sligo. Now, the reason I've picked Ballymote is that Ballymote is the birthplace of Andrew Kerens, who is, of course, Brother Walfred, the founder of Celtic. Mm-hmm. Brother Walfred is obviously, well, arguably the single most important figure in Celtic history, um, being the man could, who founded the club. You could make a um, case for him, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean... It's possible there wouldn't have been a club at all without Brother Wilfred. Um, and if it did, if there was any form of club, it might have taken a different form if he wasn't involved with it. I've been to Ballymote myself um, a couple of years ago. I was lucky enough um, to be driving from Carrick and Shannon up to Donegal. And I made myself and my girlfriend take a detour to Ballymote simply to pay homage um, to Brother Wilfred. So As you do. we drove there. Yeah, yeah, we've got to do it. Um, so we drove into Ballymote. Ballymote's a small rural village, population of about 1,500 people. 
as far as I can tell, the population hasn't changed very much over the last hundred years. Um, I had a quick look on, on Wikipedia, and then the census in 1900 was basically the same. So it's pretty much the same town as what it was. When you drive into Ballymore, it's only a few streets, but there's a, a train station there. And in the grounds of the train station, there's a, quite a large statue um, dedicated to Brother Walford um, with a big Celtic crest behind it. Um, it was put there, I think, about 10 years ago. Um, and there was various dignitaries from Celtic sort of unveiled it and so forth. And it's quite, it's quite nice. Bizarrely, there's a model railway track that runs around it permanently. I <laughs> <laughs> absolutely no idea why. <laughs> um, but it is there. Because he was a famous um, uh, train spotter, wasn't he, as well? Famously. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, you would think, you know, a small village like that, producing somebody who had an effect on the world, um, such as Ballymote, sorry, such as Brother Walford, would be, you know, enough for such a small place. However, I actually want to go on to talk about somebody else whose life overlapped with um, Brother Walford in Ballymote during the mid 19th century. Right. So in Ballymote, there's also a, a, another, um, what do you call it, oh, memorial um, to somebody by the name of Michael Cochran. Now, Michael Cochran was born 13 years before Andrew Kerens, so he's 13 years older than him. And, but the, the least, probably, he was born actually in a place called Carroll Keel, which is a bit north of Ballymote, but it's likely that he would have he would have went to school in Ballymore and he's very much associated with, with the town. Yeah. In 1849, Michael Cochran emigrated to New York. So he got on a boat in Sligo Bay and he left for you know, fresh pastures. There's a suggestion that he had to leave because he was part of a, basically a Republican group. So he had to basically escape the country quite quickly, but we're not really sure if that's true or not. But in any event, he did certainly leave in 1849. When he gets to New York, he then enlists as a private in the 69th Infantry, yep. um, which is a New York militia. Over the next few years, when he's there, he graduates or gets promoted to become the colonel um, of the 69th Militia. The 69th Militia, they weren't really an army regiment. They were more of just a peacekeeping force um, on the New York streets. But they were made up entirely um, of Irish immigrants. And Cochrane, by the time he became the colonel, um, was seen as a very important figure within New York. He could deliver the Irish vote effectively um, within the mm. New York City and became extremely important because of that. Now, in 1860, he's in charge of this regiment and the Prince of Wales has been invited over from England as a sort of guest of honour and all of the militias and regiments are supposed to go on parade for the Prince of Wales. And Cochrane refuses at that time, as well as all of his men. As a result of which, he gets court-martialed um, and he's stripped of his, um, his rank. The reason they've done that was because they were protesting about the Irish famine and the British yeah. response to it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it then goes on. The American Civil War then breaks out a year later. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the court-martial never actually happens. As a result of that, he then gets his rank back. He's sent to Northern Virginia to fight the Confederates, where he gets captured, despite fighting very, very bravely. Um, the regiment gathers the term 
the fight in 69th, which I think you're probably familiar with, Jerry, because well, you're quite a big drop at Murphy's fan. I, I was waiting to weigh in with that, Barry, but yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of my uh, point of reference yeah. on all of this. Fight in 69th sounds a great song. Yeah, um, and then the there's also reference to them called the Fighting Irish, which I know is kind of associated with Notre Dame, but certainly it's in poems of that period where that regiment mm. is referred to as the Fighting Irish. And again, you see that in Scarf quite a lot, Celtic Park on various things. Yeah. Yeah, so he gets captured. They then off the Confederates then offered to release him, but he refuses because they would only release him on the basis that he refuses to take up arms against the Confederacy if he does get released. So he basically says, well, no, if you release me, I'm going to go fight straight away because this is what I do. So he then stays as a prisoner until a prisoner exchange takes place and he gets sent back. Um, to the north. At that time, he then becomes friendly with Abraham Lincoln and he's invited to dinner with Abraham Lincoln um, and becomes a confidant of him. And then tragically a year later, um, he's, he then actually dies at the age of 36 after falling off his horse. And I just think it's, you know, it's a, it's a, I, well, firstly, I think that's a great story. Some way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's also interesting the fact that him and Brother Walford basically came from the same place at the same time and it's both isn't it? quite yeah, a big effect on, on, on the world. Yeah. Um, so that's why I've nominated Ballymore and um, you know the people from that place. Yeah. I just wanted to finish off very, very briefly with um, words of a, a song from the American Civil War, which refers to um, Cochrane and the 69th Regiment. So as I mentioned before, there's that parade um, regarding the Prince of Wales. So there's a song called The Irish Volunteer. And this is just a few bits of the words. So it says, When the Prince of Wales came over here and made a hubaboo, oh, everybody turned out, you know, in gold and tinsel too. But then the good old 69th didn't like these lords or peers. They wouldn't give a damn for kings, the Irish volunteers. We love the land of liberty, its laws we will revere, but devil take nobility, says the Irish volunteer. Yeah, it's worth it's to live by, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> good, good so I'm not related to Celtic, but I think it's quite an interesting... It, well, I mean, it, it, it started, obviously, hugely related to Celtic <laughs> and Father Walford. Listen, I think it was worth going off topic because I think that's a, it's a great wee story. And it's I didn't know that. I've heard of Kokorin from the Dropkick Murphy song, as you say, but I had no idea he was from Ballymote. So that, that is pretty interesting, Barry. I like it. Um, I think yeah. as well, the, the 69th and a lot of the regiments who were Irish based, one of the conditions of them serving in the Union Army was after the war they were kind of turned a blind eye them and they invaded Canada during the Fenian invasions. And a lot of the guys who learned their trade in the Civil War then went over to Ireland in the 1870s and so that helped the Fenian Brotherhood. So again, not entirely Celtic related, but certainly much of the Irish history, which we, we are part of as well. So certainly Corkin is probably the, the second most important person to, to come from, <laughs> from Ballymore. <laughs> yeah. Influence, influencing presidents and the like is not quite the same as founding Celtic Football Club, but fair play to him. It's, it's a reasonable second place, yeah. It's a reasonable second place. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's also, a, as I can say, I, I, I don't know what I there's also two brothers served in the Austro Hungarian Army during the Thirty Years' War um, from Ballymore as well. So, quite an interesting wee place. Something I think it is. <laughs> you might want to move there if you're looking to be successful on the world stage. <laughs> okay, doke. Uh, no, listen, that was good, Barry. Yeah, enjoyed that wee history lesson there. 
Um, very much. Mark, what you got for us? Well, I've also got another train to Sligo resident. <laughs> okay. Uh, not quite as distinguished uh, as uh, Brigadier Corcoran or Brother Walfred, but my nomination, which is an extreme wild card, is Martin Brennan. Uh, the well-known yep. Alan Parfus look-alike. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, a stretch to say it's Celtic-related, but I think Celtic and Ireland—they're, they're, you know, they're, they're two of the same thing, really, aren't they? You know, so yeah. I, I think anything that highlights Irish culture uh, or, or to the masses is always kind of good. So, you know, Martin Brennan, Martin I think Brennan. he's quite, yeah, he's quite crying out to have a Celtic supporters club. Which I think we've. Well, we, we, we flirted with the idea, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, when that, when that episode was on TV, I mean, I almost, well, I pretty much did fall off my seat, you know, when he started uh-huh. singing songs when it came <laughs> on. Like, is this actually that, that was the universal reaction. <laughs> um, I know Steve Coogan said he was really keen, I mean, he's got, he's, you know, of Irish descent himself, but mm. he wanted to be part of the counterculture, you know, put it on... TV and show that there was an alternative culture that was out there, and, and I think in a way, you know, that's our culture. You know, it's you know, it's much glorifying, you know, terrorism as you know certain parts of media will show it. It's about celebrating, you know, our our history and our, our heritage with some cracking songs as well. So, Martin Brennan, a, a very loose uh, association with Celtic Football Club. I do have a dream that one day Steve Coogan will do the Paradise Paradise One Full Draw. And Carrick, <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that, that's certainly the result. Maybe for when we get to ten, you can come yeah. out and unfurl the flag. Um, and okay. so that's uh, a, a slightly kind of lighthearted one. Not certainly not as uh, influential as Brother Walford. <laughs> I find that yeah, it's almost kind of one ex- one extreme to the other. There, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I one thing to the sublime to the one thing to say to that. Take it back. Double no, of fucking bollocks. <laughs> I think we're going to take the other one. Be fine. <laughs> Mark, what was your, uh, what was it you wanted on the Martin Brennan Celtic Supporters Club flag? I, I, I thought it'd be quite fitting to have Chucky Aha on the flag, <laughs> trying to find someone to print that flag. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll do that one day. Yeah. We, we may have missed the boat. You know that. I guess it was kind of last year's joke, but uh, <laughs> two years ago. But, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that would have been sensational had we managed to pull that off. Um, but no, I like it, Mark, a wee bit of kind of, uh, yeah, very much a light-hearted one after uh, Barry's history lesson. But uh, you're right, it's all, it's all in the mix. Um, I guess I'm, I'm probably leaning more towards yours, Mark, with, with mine. Uh, and my wild card for B is the banter years. Um, which obviously we're all familiar with. Yeah, <laughs> long may they continue. Long may they continue. Yeah. Uh, so I'd, I mean, listen, I, I could sit here for the next half hour and read out uh, everything that happened in the banter years. I think um, probably should, We could have a great laugh about it. Um, but what I thought I'd do is, you know, we'll take it from. It starts with wealth off the radar. The current endpoint is the dossier, but you know, it will look like you say, by long may it continue. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought I'd give you my top five from the banter years, um, and see see if he's agree with this. If he's want to throw in another one, by all means. But here, here's my top five. Um, number five is what's the goalie doing? Which is <laughs> 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 probably the greatest piece of commentary ever. <laughs> 
number number four is Charles Green's interview from the hospital bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Classic just, TV. <laughs> yeah, it's just surreal. And I think it's, <laughs> Jim White's still doing these kind of interviews, you know, he, he was, I don't know if you heard him, the way he was going on about Stephen Gerrard this week in Talksport, you're like, just, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's hilarious, uh, but yeah. I've always wondered how that interview was set up, though, I mean, I mean, how do you start that, Bo? I don't know, I'll come and see, yeah, it's, it's beyond. Like, were you in hospital already? <laughs> Wait, did you go into the hospital specifically for the interview? I don't, I don't understand. No, it was just, yeah, I, God knows, I know. Um, but yeah, so that, that's uh, that's next. Uh, my number three, uh, Pedro Nabush. <laughs> classic, classic <laughs> moment. <laughs> Standing in the bush, arguing with fans, yep. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, number two is uh, the AGM in a tent. <laughs> 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 Which when you when you just look at pictures of it is just jaw droppingly funny. <laughs> <laughs> the wee heels in the background. <laughs> yeah. uh, and number one, uh, which you know, has a kind of serious tone because it is just so outrageous. But taking two attempts to get out of the second tier of Scottish football, <laughs> you know, this is real. <laughs> they finished. Yeah. Third. They finished third in the championship that season. <laughs> You get pumped six one off Motherwell, six one off Motherwell in the playoff. So two attempts to get out the Scottish Championship, I just think is is sensational. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. I mean, as funny as that is, I, I don't think anything beats Pedro in a bush. I just <laughs> every time I see that picture, it cracks me up. This is this guy's actually in charge of the team, you know, <laughs> and he thinks that's how you conduct yourself. It's just magical. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, there's. I could have. I mean, I could have done the top five players. Obviously, thrown in Dal Seal, Joe Dodo, Joey Barton. You know, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of a lot of content. Uh, so that yeah, that's my that's my nomination for the wild card. There's the banter years, and yeah, it's cool. <laughs> so we've got uh, Bally Moat. We've got Martin Brennan, <laughs> and and we've got the banter years. So, uh, Mark, once again, back in a row, it's, it's your honour. <laughs> What's it going to be? Oh, goodness. Barry's obviously put a lot of work into his dissertation on Barry Hope <laughs> from 1849 to the present day. There's only a 2 Hey, that's only a 2 2. I've worked hard for 2 You need to get a 2 um, the, the banter years. I, Whenever, whenever I look back in these years, I think my, one of my happiest memories is whenever we beat them is going on Twitter, because it's just hours and hours of endless fun, of memes and jokes. I mean, your top five, Jerry, are, are incredible, and we could do like a special in our own right on the banter years. Um, I mean, I think Petrofac Cup at the second attempt. You know, <laughs> that's right. The whole kind of end such and such we trust. You know, just kind of change whoever the manager was or the, the new owner. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, it's just been incredible, you know. I, I I never thought I'd love to see the day when they bring us so much fun and entertainment. So, Barry, I'm very sorry. I'm going to have to go for the band for years. It's, it's important as Brother Wolfred is. <laughs> <laughs> the band for years is uh, it's something that uh, brings us great joy. That's uh, a, an unexpected victory there, Barry. <laughs> for me. The band for years are certainly funnier than me describing some guy falling off a horse and killing himself. <laughs> I, that, that tends to kind of, you know, 
uh, bring it down a bit, Barry. Unless it's King Billy <laughs> going off you, a horse. <laughs> you brought down the whole tone of the conversation, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we got back on track with Martin Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> but the, no, the, the banter. You and the thing is, they don't seem they don't they don't get the joke. So they, they still think they are the people and oh it's going for terrifying. <laughs> oh I going going for one? <laughs> you know, yeah. It's a, it's a company that owns it's changed not oh it's a... Yeah. But I, I, I thought there might be some humility that would come from the journey, but that's been sadly lacking. Yeah, so the it's uh, of coming <laughs> <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> uh, but no, it's uh, the banter years have just have been incredible. On top of the fact we've been, you know, the last couple of years have been absolutely fantastic football for us as well. That's just been an added bonus. Yeah. On top of the, the banter years of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I remember Craig White turning up at Glasgow Sheriff Court with his slick back hair. That was funny. Yeah, I had to join a Sanja look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good stuff. So we've got Scott Brown and the banter years going in uh, this week as well as Tommy Burns, as we mentioned right at the top. Uh, it's been good, guys. Uh, I've enjoyed it again. Uh, so thanks very much for your input. Thanks very much, Jerry. Yeah. Um, and just to say we've got um, so we've got, a, we've got a few followers now and quite a lot from the UK and Ireland, as we would expect. But a wee shout out to our one listener in Finland. <laughs> 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 we've got one in Hungary as well. So uh, welcome. It, it's quite interesting just kind of looking through the stats you know, uh, week on week and just seeing some, some more and more people coming on. Uh, you should be able to find us now on all main podcast sites, so Spotify, iTunes, these are all the rest of it. Uh, we've also got an email, celticaz at mail.com. If you do want to email us, pick us up on anything we've said or, or give us some other ideas, I'd love to hear from anyone. Uh, and we'll be back next week with uh, the letter C and see how that goes. Uh, but that's all from us this week. So thank you very much for listening. Uh, cheers, guys, for your company. Thanks, cheers. Cheers. Goodbye. No, bye-bye. <laughs>